Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Immortal Kombat, a movie starring Rowdy Roddy Piper and Sonny Chiba, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's all I knew. <laughs> it's It owns that, you know, this movie is, like, anonymous enough to A, just be on YouTube for free, and B, have a mere paragraph describing it on Wikipedia, but also that somebody felt the needs to start the plot summary with four years before rush hour, comma. Dude, that Wikipedia summary is incredible. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. It looks like it, the movie looks like it has the budget of Frogtown 1, slightly more than Frogtown 2. That's my point. That's of reference a reference for, for you and only you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so far. Okay, so before we get there, Parker, do we have any news? Hey, Chris, you like horror movies? Trick question. We all know you do, because no. you talk about them every week. You like horror movie remakes? At any point in your oh, life, did you think, boy, I hope they make a new trilogy based on The Exorcist. Well, good news. Everything old will always come back forever until you die, and there's nothing you can do about it. Here's some news that Parker decided not to mention. Scott yeah. Atkins Scott Atkin says he would like to star in a remake of Roadhouse. My jerk of the week okay. is whoever Run. does not allow this to happen. <laughs> I would also I mean, like to star in a successful movie. Look, <laughs> he was a triple threat. Uh, as long as they don't just reuse the script from the Ronda, Ro- the Ronda Rousey version, like I'm good. Oh, I forgot that existed. <laughs> Alex's think... runner-up jerk of the week. <laughs> I wonder if that's floating out there somewhere. Oh yeah, backup jerk of the week here is uh, so Immortal Kombat was released as uh, Resort to Kill in the UK, and that version cut down like 17 minutes by removing all the scenes with butterfly knives and throwing stars. So what the f- <laughs> why would, why even make a movie? <laughs> my my jerk of the week is the British. <laughs> right, that's that's fair. The all worst right, thing uh... they've ever done <laughs> so far. All right. So, My Jerk of the Week requires a little bit of setup. Okay, so, uh, take yourselves back to, like, you know, 2014, 2015-ish. You guys remember the Steam Link? The, uh, when Steam Link put out, like, that Chromecast for gaming? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, like, fucking nobody bought them, so they just liquidated their inventory for, like, five bucks? Yeah. So, anyway, like, a bunch of friends of mine, like, ended up getting them for five bucks, because, like, why wouldn't you? Like, (laughs) the tech itself is worth way more than that. Like, just you just buy it for the hell of it. And, like, they all love them. And everybody's like, yeah, I use my Steam Link all the time. It's sick. Like, what a great purchase for $5. So, uh, last Saturday night, I was off work. I was supposed to hang out with a friend coming into town who canceled last minute. So, went out, hanging out with a buddy of mine. We're talking about the new, like, Steam handheld that's coming out. Whatever the fuck it's called. And somehow we get from the subject of that to the Steam Link. And I was like, man, I'm really bummed that, like, I didn't buy one of those Steam Links when they were 5 bucks. Like, I'd never pay a dollar more for it, but that's, like... 
perfect. He's like, dude, I have one in my closet. Like, you know, I've used it once. Like, you can have it for five bucks. And I'm like, yeah, sure, done. Like, that sounds great. Sign me up. And then for some reason, he demands that I shake on it. And I, like... <laughs> Ignoring <laughs> ignoring the fact that this is a $5 transaction and I am me, the person for whom, like, like you know, betting and deal-making and shit is like a fucking religion. He's like, I'm just like, all right, sure, man, we'll shake on it. Like, done, yeah, you're going to get your $5. What's I this, promise. Josh? <laughs> so, uh, so he's like, well, you know, now, now that we're done with that, let me just hop on eBay and see what they're going for. So he pops open his phone. The new ones are going for, like, 100 bucks on eBay. Like, and like, I mean, I had no interest in reselling the thing, so I didn't really care. But he, so he then tries to back out of the deal that he made me shake on, and I'm like, no, no, a deal's a deal. Rules are rules. You made me shake. He's like, he's getting the bartender involved. Like, like, hey, hey, should, like, what should I do? Like, like, what's the deal? I'm like, I'm like, no, you made me shake, motherfucker. Like, don't start with me. So Who is this weasel? You know, this, this goes on for, like, ten minutes, and eventually, like, he relents. He's like, all right, fine, yeah, you're right. We shook on it, I'll give it to you. Like, it's not like you're trying to screw me or take advantage of me. You know, I'm losing a lot of value, but it's fine. So my jerk of the week is Josh, because he's probably livid while he's listening to this story, <laughs> just thinking about someone losing that much value. He's punching his steering wheel as we speak. <laughs> no! No, how could he not know? What, how does he not have the eBay app on his phone that shows him, like, the price trends of everything? I get that. That dude's such a bitch. How can you just, like, fucking, like... First of all, shaking on a $5 transaction. <laughs> really funny. Really funny, but also that shake ended up getting it for me for $5. Dude, that's a good thing you said yes. Yeah. I can't believe <laughs> I just, I just did Spitting in his palm and holding it out. Come on. <laughs> all I can think about is like the way that, remember in, in Mulan, the, the good one, where she's, she tried to spit and just sort of comes out as a globule. It's like... <laughs> try to and like just like drop it in your hand and be like, shake on it. <laughs> Sometimes you just accidentally do a slow jerk bit when you're shaking on a $5 scene. <laughs> really hate to see it. No, I can't make him touch. I'm going to tell the boss. <laughs> mods! Mods! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I'm glad you are able to download some more RAM. So, let's get into what we watched recently. The first one that I watched is, when I say I watch a movie from The List, usually what I mean is that horror movie list. I only watched one movie from there uh, this week, but there are other lists that I usually go by. One of the lists is like this list of like critically acclaimed movies uh, that usually are kind of boring and none more so than this Danish movie called Gertrude from 1964 that's in black uh, and white not with a gun to my head are you joking me this is like the ultimate in like a movie that Parker would just be like no I'm just not I don't care what the man of course says I'm just not going Gertrude. to watch this <laughs> I'll fist fight that motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Putting a note in my little notebook. 1920s Manicore. <laughs> so let me make this movie somehow even worse for uh, Parker. Uh, Parker, you may be like, Chris, why this one of all things? Remember how we were talking about uh, the Jackass 4 trailer? And at the end, Aaron McGay, he says... Uh, 
oh my god, in what I uh, characterize as the most sincere invocation of the Lord's name since Joan of Arc. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and thus we, we got onto the subject of the 1928 version by the director Carl Theodore Dreyer. Uh, well, he made other movies. One of them was Orday, which is in 1955. You wouldn't like that one either. And Gertrude in 1964. <laughs> <laughs> which is... <laughs> the title is a lie. So you're telling us that you watched this Danish movie from the 60s because of the Jackass 4 trailer. <laughs> More or less. It took, it's a little longer right, to get continue. there. But yeah. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> Let me describe this one, because this has something in common with Orday that I sort of realize a lot of movies in this critically acclaimed, like, oh, it's so classic sort of thing. First of all, it's in black and white, which, not necessarily a problem for me, but it's a problem for 99% of the human populace. In this movie, all they ever... There's no action scenes, okay? (laughs) All it is is dialogue. All they do is talk. And they never look at each other when they talk. They refuse to look each other in the eyes. I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be artistic. And all they do is talk about, like, love and how I don't love you anymore, I don't know what it means to love, and all this other bullshit, and it's so unbelievably boring. This is the most stultifying movie I've seen since La Ventura, so I would recommend not watching Gertrude, unless, you know, Parker, if you ever feel like getting a little bit cultured, this movie. (laughs) A little newsy manticore (laughs) waving me down on the corner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gertrude. Oh my god. <laughs> Me watching that is just a fucking Garfield like, oh, I wonder who that's for. <laughs> <laughs> my face crossed out on the DVD cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, let's see. Well, there's good news. Uh, good news is I was able to finish uh, Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures, which I've criticized in the past for its poor animation. I'd like to rescind that. The animation's fine. It's the character designs I have a problem with. Uh, and there's one really great thing about the new Batman Adventures is it provides a very good linking structure to the character of Batman when Batman Beyond comes out. So I'll probably be getting into a little bit of that. So can't wait to hear Terry McGinnis say "shway" every single episode. I wonder what the fuck is that the was. Joker supposed to in that one? Actually, he has his own standalone movie. It's called Return of the Joker, and I remember being insanely fucked up. So is is there like a a kid Joker in Batman Beyond? I. <laughs> No, 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 no. There's, like, uh, Joker gangs. They're called Jokers. So everyone's crazy. So, yeah, it's spooky. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of Batman movies, I rewatched uh, Mask of the Phantasm, which has the Joker in it. Uh, it's, it's really good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just making sure that, you know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's excellent. It's still probably a top five, if not a top three Batman movie. So glad to see that it still holds up. Uh, wonderfully animated, and it actually does what I thought was impossible. It makes Bruce Wayne an interesting character, so uh, I was very, very happy with it. So, If you haven't seen Mask of the Phantasm, I'd say give it a shot. Next one is one I said I wanted to watch last week, but I didn't get around to it. Uh, Richard Donner, the director, recently passed away. And uh, when people talk about the Snyder Cut all the time, there was another superhero movie that had uh, the director's cut. It was called The Donner Cut of Superman 2. I didn't watch it. Instead, oh. I watched Lady Hawk, which has uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Rucker Hauer, and Matthew Broderick. And Is the Joker in it? No, the Joker's not in <laughs> Lady Hawk. Uh, Would have been a better movie. Yeah. Anyway, Lady Hawk <coughs> is a fantasy movie. It's like a sword and sorcery sort of thing. One of the 
aspects about this movie that separates it from a lot of these other sword and sorcery movies or novels or TV shows or anything is that they constantly name drop God. And you usually don't do that because uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, mysticism or anything in the Bible, you know. Uh, people just don't see it. It kind of takes away the fun. If you mention God, it'd be like, well, if God's up there, it doesn't matter if you could shoot a fireball out of your staff. But, uh, yeah, they name drop God, and it actually kind of works in this one. It, it sort of... Because it makes sense. Like, people in the Middle Ages, they were very religious back then. It'd be weird if they weren't mentioning God all the time. Unfortunately, this manifests as uh, Matthew Broderick, who's a teenager in this. I, I think he... Was this, like, the same year? No, I think this was, like, a year before uh, Ferris Bueller. He's just running around talking to what appears to be himself the whole time, and it gets kind of annoying, because he's not as funny as he thinks he is. Although I will say he's a lot better as an actor in this and Ferris Bueller than he would become in later movies. The last time Matthew like Broderick... Godzilla? Godzilla's a great example, <laughs> yeah. And other movies that he's in, uh, The Thief of the Cobbler, he's fucking terrible in that. He's mediocre in The Lion King, but... Honestly, I don't even think he's that good in uh, The Cable Guy. It's all about Jim Carrey and Kyle Gass. So, uh, Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk, the story of Lady Hawk. Rucker Howard's in it. Uh, he's this, like, uh, Dark Knight and... Oh, like Batman, I just realized. And he has a hawk that's yeah, always... Yeah, uh, Roberts, just like the joke. Yeah, sort of. No, they're both good guys. Uh, the yeah. Clown Prince of driving under the influence. You want to see what I can do with this car? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna say it anyway. I know. I'll choose. I'll, it's a dude, just like Two Face. I'll coin flip for whichever riff is better and keep it in. <laughs> anyway, Rucker Hauer is in this movie as a Black Knight. How about that one? And he's got a hawk that always rides around on his arm like this. And uh, I was kind of, I was, I was constantly thinking of like that King of the Hill skit where that hawk's always attacking Bill. <laughs> and so Bill's a. How hole. often is the hawk? talk about Jalen Hurts uh hold on the hawk does talk we will get to that in a second what the um, fuck yeah okay, well hang on. hang on hang on it is called Lady Hawk turns oh, out the Santa costume was bad so Lady Hawk is a movie <laughs> yeah okay Anyway, uh, turns out the hawk is actually uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. She got transformed into a hawk whenever the sun is out uh, by this evil priest who wanted oh, like her Shrek. for himself. <laughs> yeah, like Shrek. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rucker Howard transforms into a black wolf whenever the moon is up, and ne'er the twain shall meet. Anyway, I have to admit, the story's kind of good. Uh, it's actually very well explained. It's uh, You care about everyone who's involved in it. I really liked it. I will say the one sticking point about this movie, and boy, is this going to bite, is I, I finished watching it and I was like, wow, that movie was pretty good. I like the dialogue, I like the music, I like the action, I like uh, the writing, I thought it was pretty good. Every single review that I read online when I tried to like, it's not even like Letterboxd, it's like IMDb the same way, I check movies the same way. Every single person, you like Google it, every single person seems to say the same thing. The soundtrack to Lady Hawk was terrible, it's the cheesiest soundtrack of all time. I'm like, really? I thought it was alright, I kind of liked it. Turns out there's a reason everyone's saying this. The reason they're saying this is because Ernest Klein in Ready Player One wrote oh. that... <laughs> and what was the main character's name? It was H or some bullshit. It was like, oh, remember the cheesy soundtrack to Lady Hawk? So all the fans of Ready Player One, both of them, watched that movie and they're like, oh, let's see how cheesy that soundtrack really is. Wow, it is cheesy. And they use synthesizers. So fucking what? I love synthesizers. <laughs> 
So everyone goes online, it's like, oh, the cheesiest soundtrack of all time. I love jacking off to Ernest Klein's beard. I'm like, okay, that's, Man, uh... I can't, I can't, uh, I can't think about Ernest Klein anymore without thinking about that time you read his, uh... His poetry? Getting a crumb of nerd pussy. <laughs> I'm just still reeling from me thinking to myself, wow, Lady Hawks, what's that about? Oh, I guess it's a little on the nose. <laughs> You know what the craziest thing about it when is? When I was bored. <laughs> Thank you. So I have to admit, like, Rucker Howard knows that uh, the Hawk is a lady because they, they were in love with each other and there was, like, a like a tragedy and that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, Matthew Brock did not know that until later on, and once he discovers the truth, he calls the Hawk Lady Hawk because he doesn't know her real name. And Rucker Howard's like, Lady Hawk? And I'm like, how could you not, like, see how that works? How would you just like, huh, that, that name does work. I wonder why I didn't think of that. It's like that line from Archer's, like, what do you what do you call, uh, what do you have uh, stir-fry on Fridays? What do you call it? It's like, stir-fry. He's like, wow, that is better than what we had. <laughs> what were you calling her before? So... So much for Lady Hawk. I think it's okay, but like most fantasy movies from the 1980s, besides uh, The Dark Crystal, it doesn't really work. So your mileage may vary. Now on to one that Parker recognizes, uh, and no one else will recognize, The Prowler from 1981. Now, the plot of this movie is not really worth talking about, uh, and the acting's not worth talking about, the writing's not worth talking about, and almost nothing about this movie's worth talking about. I already forgot most of it. I watched it last night. But the special effects are absolutely worth talking about. Now, in this age of CGI, you can watch any movie that comes out and wonder, oh, how did they do that? Well, with computers. They had digital artists, they had computers, and they programmed it to look that way. They didn't always used to have that. They used to have practical effects. So you would wonder, oh, how they do that? Well, they had this, like, rubber mask, or they created this creature, or they used carrot syrup for blood, and they did all this neat stuff. And you could usually tell how they did it, but you would, like, work through it. It's like, oh, this is, like, a trick with the camera, and they did it like this, and this separate angle, and that's actually a fake, like, knife or something like that. And that's really interesting stuff to watch, and your brain has to work through it, besides just going, oh, it's all computers. That being said, upon watching The Prowler... I don't know how they did those effects. They look really, really real. Then I go to the IMDb, the IMDb for this in the trivia section. Tom Savini considered this his best work. He's right. This is better than Friday the 13th. This is better than... What else did Tom Savini work on? Oh, I think he worked on Sleepaway Camp, didn't he? <laughs> he worked on... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he worked on a whole bunch of other stuff. Look, I don't like Tom Savini as a person. I think he's kind of a prick, but uh, the man really was a master of his craft, and he deserved those accolades, specifically for The Prowler, a movie that's not even good, but it has an all-time head explosion. So this kind of sounds like what I said about Maniac, doesn't it? I couldn't stand Maniac. <laughs> the man has a gift. <laughs> and that gift is head explosions. <laughs> It's like, hey, what, what do you think about that movie? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I watched it like two years ago. Except for this one scene. Yeah. <laughs> His head goes up like a fucking watermelon, dude. Yeah, Five except, stars. So, like, the head explosion's really great, but the scene that got me was this woman is in the shower. It's a total psycho ripoff. And the killer stabs her with a pitchfork, right? It looks really real. Like, I was watching it, and as of right now, I don't know how they did it. It looks like... I, I can't tell where it's fake and it's real where that meets in fact uh, like the director went to a showing of the movie and one of the guards at the movie theater was just like did, did you actually kill her 
And I think, like, other people were, like, ask, asking that. And there was, like, this sort of panic about slasher movies in the 1980s, like, oh, the oldest glorification of violence. And I always thought that was kind of overblown, but with a movie like this, man, it's like, that looked really, really real. So, bit much. Uh, one last one here. Uh, I, I tried to watch uh, an anime movie called Wicked City, but my file corrupted, <laughs> so I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't able to watch it. So I was like, oh, geez, what should I watch instead? Well, Demon City Shinjuku's right there. I'll watch that. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Damn it, that's still on my desktop. I gotta get to that. Okay. Now, I've mentioned, whenever I talk about anime movies from the third list, that there's often the hellquake that uh, ruptures all <laughs> international yeah. uh, all international commerce, of which Japan is obviously the head. There is no hellquake in this movie, okay? No hellquake, nothing like that. There is instead a giant earthquake called the Devil Shake. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> And the, by the way, the movie starts off with uh, these two guys fighting with like ninja swords and everything. This fight scene was featured in the hit movie Johnny Mnemonic, which we did an episode on. Uh, Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Parker, I can't emphasize this enough. I I know we make fun of your accent sometimes, not that often. We we do it adoringly. The tape will tell the Ador difference. <laughs> adoringly, we think it's cool. We think it's good. I wish Let's I had that accent. No, you don't. But, but neither do I. <laughs> but in this movie, I legit was watching. It was just like, was that Parker's mom? Does Parker's mom just talk that way? <laughs> There's a character. She's only in it for like thirty seconds. I was just like, who is that? Her voice is so southern. And but it's like a Japanese anime. Obviously, we're watching the dub. Come on, what are we doing? Here? But like the dub. The, I, I how do I put this? I mean, let me let me think about this. Okay, so sometimes in Japan, they have different dialects, right? Like, people from Osaka speak differently from people in Tokyo. And the way they adjust for that in subtitles is they sort of give people from Osaka a bit of a southern twang. Like, they'll drop G's on the end of ING. Uh, in this movie, they decide to give them accents. One of the waitresses has a crazy southern accent for some reason. One of these uh, women who speaks very formally has a British accent. Okay, I guess that makes sense. These two I can basically work with. Then they go to the underground sewers to get to the Demon City Shinjuku, and they meet their little kid sidekick, who has the strongest Mexican accent I've heard since Speedy yeah. Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. Parker, you need to see this. <laughs> My plans for the week uh, just got filled, turns out. Oh, man, it is it is really, really good. Yes, yeah, so there, this guy uh, practices ninpo. I was hoping that would get your attention. If we, if we, you were, if you had your camera on, you would have been like, someone I, said the word. <laughs> I did, trust me. <laughs> and uh, he has to go fight an evil demon who's like tearing people's souls apart or something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, this dude loved to say fuck, okay? That's like his favorite word. Uh, <laughs> he looks like... And he doesn't have the face that would match that kind of word, you know? He, he kind of has like the like the Ken doll uh, equivalent of an anime face. He doesn't look like he says fuck ever, but it, it, this one, he's just dropping it left and right. So he kind of reminds me of Angel Cop uh, in a good way. <laughs> I should rewatch Angel Cop. Hell yes, dude. No, I'm thinking about that. Uh, Alex, go ahead and talk about what you watch. I'm going to be thinking about Angel Cop. That is completely fair. Um, only got... only got a small handful to get to here. Um... 
Chris, I forget. Do you have HBO Max or no? No, I don't. Okay. But, I mean, it's... We all have the internet. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. easy to find this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I watched uh, the most recent... Like, not the most recent. One of the most recent series they did. Mare of Easttown with uh, Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's excellent in general. Like, it's a seven episode... Like, seven hour long episodes. It's a whodunit. But it's like, there's a lot of, you know, like you know character growth and people dealing with loss and stuff it's very satisfyingly paced like the mystery is good i think our friend would struggle to figure out who did it just from watching the trailer but uh (laughs) (laughs) oh man this must be pretty intense this must be a very intellectual type show (laughs) it's a it's a solid recommend to everybody but like especially to you because like as somebody who grew up in a small town and went to school in central pennsylvania which is like small town central pennsylvania is the setting for this the like the little small towny shit is like so well done in this like uh kate Winslet's character is like this like small town detective there was this girl that went missing a while ago and like to this show's credit one of the things that i really appreciate about it is like the big, like, whodunit crime of the show doesn't happen until the end of the first episode. So you get, like, an, an entire hour with all of the people in this town and how they interact. You get to see what they're like beforehand. Like, the character that's going to be the victim, it's very obvious if you've ever seen anything. Like, it's like, oh, she's about to get murdered, clearly. But, uh, you get to see how other people interact with her. It, it colors and affects the way that you watch the rest of the show. It's, like, really, really well done in that regard. But, like there was, like, this cold case that Kate Winslet, like, wasn't able to solve, and, like, the girl's mother, like, went to high school with her, and so, like, the girl's mother goes on the on the news and is just like, you know, we need we need help in this town, like, like our police aren't getting the job done, and they see each other, and there's conflict, it's like, no, it's not personal, blah, 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 like, this and that, and, like, little things like that, and then 40 minutes later, Kate Winslet goes into the gas station to buy something, and that lady's just the clerk there. Like, and it's not, like, mentioned or referenced it's not like oh you're here it's just like yeah i'm gonna pay you for my cigarettes and go on my way it just like they, they do a great job of interweaving all the stories there's a bunch of characters some of whom are like end up being crucial to like the mystery and some of whom are just there for development and like you don't really know which as you're going along and it's like a really great way to watch a show like it's a show where guy pierce plays a sleazy english professor and like it has nothing to do with the mystery at all he's just there being guy pierce it's like sick cool i'm glad to see him it's like solid two thumbs up i really really enjoyed it it's you know it's like seven hours but like chris like it's not like i'm gonna like assign you this or anything but it's too good for that yeah you will get more out of it i think than anybody else that i'm speaking to well i'll tell you what i'll definitely give it a chance i'm I'm actually thinking about maybe uh mentioning it to my brother because my brother grew up in the same hometown that i did obviously he also went to school in central pennsylvania but now Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about his girlfriend who uh also went to school in central pennsylvania in fact grew up there but she grew up in westchester which is the same place that bam margera grew up so she kind of has the exact same voice that he does but like a higher yeah a higher pitch sort of thing so i'm very much looking forward to my brother and his girlfriend turning into april and phil oh god does that make me veto okay never mind (laughs) (laughs) dude you think we can get chris to uh glue some pubes to his face (laughs) we've we've got other friends that we pick on to do stuff like that what else did you watch chris buddy you'd look great with a soul patch just trust us (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe I should rewatch that. Oh, dude, I've been like, I'm always on the fence. It's such a time commitment because there's so much of it, but also like, come on. Yeah. Um. All right. What else we got here? Uh. Oh, so uh, I decided that uh, last night, you know, I'm like laying in bed at like 9 p.m., not anywhere near ready to sleep or anything. Like, let me pull up the old phone, see if any of the AMC theaters nearby have a uh, late showing of Snake Eyes, a G.I. Joe origin story. <laughs> and it turns out I found one at 10.30. Downside, of course, I had to drive into D.C., and it was showing in Georgetown, which is where all the rich people live, so I had to pay $22 to park my car for two hours man. and 15 minutes. I hope that was in worth it, In the middle of man. the night. Well, I mean, I have AMC stubs, so my ticket was free, so it's like kind of a wash. But, I mean, it's a really, like, not good way to think about money that's going to upset Josh again. <laughs> but, uh, Josh already turned off the episode. He's on his though. second it's, iPhone. I'm just like, fuck, he I'm, I'm already here. Yeah. <laughs> So I go in, you know, I, I get there by the time I'm parked and, like, get my treats and get in there. It's, I've, I've, like, they're just in time for the last trailer before the movie starts, and it is, of course, the Jackass trailer, which I got to see in the Dolby <sighs> Theater, which made me very, very, very happy. Oh, my God. Um, so here's what you need to know about Snake Eyes, a G.I. Joe origin story. <laughs> I neither know nor care a literal single thing about G.I. Joe lore. If you had to, like, if you told me that there was, like, a huge G.I. Joe Wikipedia like, community or whatever where they just, like, argued about, like, lore from the shows and the comics and shit, I wouldn't actually believe you. Not because I don't think people are capable of it, but just because I've never had any familiarity with there being any lore whatsoever to G.I. Joe. Like, it does not exist in my brain outside of the stuff in the fucking Stephen Summers movie. Like, I, I just zero, zero interaction with it whatsoever. However, I saw this trailer, like, twice, and there are a lot of ninjas in it. So I was like, well, you know, I guess I'm gonna go. We have, we have our lead, the, uh, the, the, the rich Chad from Crazy Rich Asians, um, who, uh, like, we get in the, the opening scene, like, his, his dad gets killed in front of him by this guy that, uh, that rolls dice. And I was like, ah, you know, if you, if you don't roll high enough, you lose, and I kill you. It's like, ah, you rolled snake eyes. That's <laughs> name. Um, so I'm That's like, a good origin. Like, yeah, I'm like butthole clenching, like, uh-oh, this isn't gonna be good. And then we smash cut to 20 years in the future, where he's just in a cage fight yes. to the death, which he wins, and then he gets recruited into the yes. Yakuza, and our third scene, there's a fight at a Yakuza place, and, like, he saves this guy's life, and it's, you know, they're the fucking Yakuza's there. There's a lot of them, which means there's a bunch of dudes that have, like, katanas just running at the camera yelling while these dudes, like, just kickbox and try to fight them and stuff without their weapons, and it's super dope. Like, I I'm, like, getting everything I want at this point. And then we go to a ninja temple. And... <laughs> And it's like, okay, well, you saved my life. And also, I'm like the scion of this ninja clan. So you're going to take the ninja tests to become a ninja. And these are our two, uh... Um... <coughs> excuse me. And these are our two, like, masters who are named Hardmaster, played by yes. Iko Uwais, and Blindmaster, who is a big blind man who's played by an actor's name I forgot already. But, um... Uh... Lots of ninja training, dudes riding motorcycles around. There's, honestly, there's a scene in the second act that's worth watching the two-hour fucking movie for, which is just, like, 
another one of those fights where 20 dudes with swords are like running at three people but it's like in like this back alley in Shinjuku and it's like lit like you know the demon city yes like the demon city yeah you know it's it's, you've seen there's a certain vibe that I expect when I see like something that takes place in an alley at night in like in Tokyo and like it nails it perfectly like the lighting is right there's people getting thrown through walls and shit it's it's pretty solid to this movie's credit basically zero quips like it is like not a movie that like is trying to get you to laugh regularly although there is one like you know we have we have our hero we have the female lead who doesn't trust him and you know they're just like sparring or whatever and trying to find out more about each other you know like the weird like flirting thing that main characters in movies do it's like if you win i'll tell you about I laughed at this. If you win, I'll tell you how I got this star. <laughs> and if you win, you tell me why you're really here. <laughs> that's not a quip. Exactly. That's like, just something yeah. stupid that made you think of the exactly. joke. Exactly. Like, that wasn't a quip. That was... I just forgot that was the point where this came up. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like, it's like, yeah, if you manage to hit me first, then, then I'll tell you. And he goes, okay, and just socks her in the nose. <laughs> and it really caught me off guard because it's not uh, that kind of movie. That's good. <laughs> like, that's good. It was, it was really really funny (laughs) all right uh there was another scene later um again this was not (laughs) an intended joke from the script writers but uh his third ninja trial he gets like lowered into this pit by a rope and they're like uh the only way you're gonna survive this trial is if you're pure of heart and he's like okay you know i don't know what that means but sure so they lower him down and three enormous snakes come out and all I could think about was, fam, are you crying? Horror master, are you <laughs> it all crying? comes back to jackass. It all comes back to jackass. <laughs> you know, I mentioned to a, to a colleague the other day that, like, if you combine the, the three jackass movies together, they probably combine to be maybe the best movie of all time if you just edit them into a sub-80-minute movie, which you can do, I'm sure. I, I, I don't want anything cut. I'm I'm good with all of this. Except maybe the paper cuts one. Um, we can lose that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so do you guys remember how I felt about uh, uh, the the first Spider-Man movie? Was that uh, I, I don't which first one. Spider-Man I movie? Not, not, I mean, the the, fir- the first the first one with the first Tom Holland one. I oh, that I actually don't. Fucking name. Uh, like, yeah. What was uh, what was your take so on that one? I I love that movie. Except for, like, the 15 minutes where it gets all the franchise tie-ins, oh. where, like, Tony Stark same. is wandering yeah, around same. and shit. Like, That's everyone else's favorite part about it. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, who so, that is! So Snake Eyes is kind of like that. Like, I'm having a great time with all the ninja shit, and then, like, we get a representative from the Joes, who is uh, named Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> okay. Dude, I don't fucking know. Uh, and there's there's the bad lady. It's the Baroness that was in the other ones, but it's a different lady now. And uh, so this is like the film company uh, is doing like the Space Jam Legacy thing. It's like, oh, we also go to the Gone with the Wind planet. <laughs> there's like an insanely there. There's like there's like a really good like hour forty minute movie of just ninja fights here with like twenty minutes of attempts to build a GI Joe franchise just tacked on like in post basically. So, you know, we get the scene where, like, the, the old Ninja Clan matriarch and the two female Joes get to have their, like, girl boss fight against some, some dudes. And there's a magic rock, and some stuff happens. And, like, what I'm saying is it's, like, a great Netflix movie two years from now, but, like, you don't need to rush to it. But, mm-hmm. 
but also like some really solid fights especially for like a something that's attempting to be a gi joe movie uh really really hurt by pg-13 i gotta say Ooh. when it's 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 all swords dude you can't give me swords and no blood i'm sorry you just can't like it's 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 so close to being like a recommend and instead it's a yeah just get to it eventually parker and three other <laughs> and i will <laughs> yeah, we really have that many so. listeners <laughs> they know who they are i have to assume yeah <laughs> But yeah, it could be a lot worse. Me when I'm realistic is, uh, is one of them. It's the kind of movie that, like, if I saw it in the before time, when I was seeing multiple movies a month, like, regularly in theaters, wouldn't think much of it. But I was just like, man, fuck yeah, I'm seeing ninjas on the big screen. This owns. I was real happy. Just eating my popcorn like a little piggy. <laughs> you know how it goes. Uh, one more to get to here. So a couple weeks ago, I, uh... I talked about a movie called No Retreat, No Surrender that I called a definite future episode. Oh and my good friend Parker asked me, have you seen the sequel? <laughs> Which I was not familiar with until oh, tonight. Man. Oh man, that's what you were watching? This sounds... It sure sounds so was, buddy. Good. Oh, tell so, me. Okay, so the first one of these movies is just about like a basically like a karate tournament in Seattle. And the second one is about a kickboxer fighting against the Viet Cong <laughs> and the Russians. <laughs> so we have our hero, who is a completely different guy, but I believe is also some sort of accomplished kickboxer. His girlfriend, who he wants to marry, is like the daughter of some rich Vietnamese guy, and like they're about to meet or whatever. Like he flies to meet her somewhere in Thailand. There's like a bit where like he he find he gets like a five star hotel that is like recommended to him by a brochure and then the the manager of the hotel just keeps trying to bring in prostitutes while he's on the phone with his girlfriend and it <laughs> kind of works but uh um anyway so she gets kidnapped like they're all like your dad uh your dad worked with the americans during the war and made a shitload of money and then left the country with it and like the Viet Cong want their money back so we're gonna kidnap it like they're gonna kidnap his daughter and they're gonna try to get it back um I at this point it's important for me to mention that a our main character is very tall and b this movie came out in 1987 so he wears like really baggy clothes and I watched it on YouTube because like of course I did so, uh, <laughs> like, you can't really see people's faces in the fights because the, the video quality's not good enough. So it just looks like Ryan Stiles kicking the <laughs> shit out of people the whole time. And it's really fucking funny. Oh, that owns. <laughs> it did so much for me. Um, we get a, uh, a very young Cynthia Rothrock in this as, like, one of the side characters who just, like also spin kicks people and gets like three scenes solidly to herself like she gets captured by the russians and they make her fight like random prisoners she just kicks the fuck out of people we we have this uh the the, the evil guy like the, the big evil is just this enormous russian man who picks people up by the neck and throws them in a gator pit <laughs> um there's a, there's a scene where they're uh they're trying to track down the guy's girlfriend or whatever and they come up upon like a buddhist temple and they're like oh it's you know there's a bunch of monks here they'll give us directions like let's go in and ask them 
and then the monks have weapons, so they have to kill the monks, and then it's there's just like there's a huge fight with these fucking monks that I guess are also working with the Viet Cong for reasons. They have just like this huge gun stash, and they're just like all like sitting around tied up in their little orange robes. It's it's something. This movie like. It's obviously low budget. Like, they shot the whole thing, like, on location in Southeast Asia with, like, a million extras that can barely speak English. But, like, also it looks good in the way that all 80s movies with a lot of explosions look good. There is a, uh, a lot of crossbow kills, including a crossbow kill with a grenade on the front. Um, yes. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, like, solid two thumbs up. We might be double dipping. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's when we do the first one, it's worth watching on your own. If nothing oh else. yeah, there we go. <laughs> I had a good time with that one. <laughs> the guy's fucking holding a crossbow on the cover. <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask for? Right. And uh, with that, I yield my time because I haven't watched that much in these two weeks. Well, let me start off with a couple easy ones. Sometimes you know life gets a little tough, and you just want to dip into a hot, hot bubble bath of a two and a half hour long The Firm. You just want to oh, ease yeah, on dude. in and just soak for a whole afternoon. What What did you think about that soundtrack? Man. <laughs> I had forgotten that was your gripe with it until like 20 minutes in. I was like, is that going to be the whole movie? <laughs> it turns out it absolutely is. So here's the biggest issue with The Firm. You cut like 30 minutes out without missing a beat. It does not need to be two and a half hours. That last 45 minutes drags so, so hard. But also... Is The Firm based on a book? Because I feel like it's based on a book that would be more fun to read than the movie. Did someone say John Grisham? Oh, never mind. (laughs) I forgot. Oh, you (laughs) tricked me. Book reader. The problem is, I, I don't think the book has Wilford Rimmer. Correct. Like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. All right, all right, I'm out. Which all is right. just an incredible heat check performance. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's too long, but also, I knew what I was signing up for. I wanted to just put on my dad pants and just soak in, like, four hours in a recliner and just really waste a whole afternoon away. So Totally You fair. know, yeah. I knew what I signed up for. I bought my ticket. But, yeah, mm-hmm. every single performance is... Like A plus top tier. It's so fucking good. One of those movies that's just gone. Like I, I don't consider it a Tom Cruise movie. No one ever brings it up. But it's so good. I can watch these yeah, people. It's actually one of his better performances. I think. He's so good in it. He's great in that movie. Yeah, that's like a that's a real Tom Cruise role. Like, yeah. Like sometimes you need to. It's a pretty decent. You movie just need too. to take a day and just have a hot '90s legal thriller and just let it wash over you for a whole Sunday. And, uh, yeah, uh, strong recommend to anyone who has a whole day to kill. Now, I've been a busy beaver on Netflix. Has anyone heard of the new release on there called Blood Red Sky? Because if not, I have so much to tell you. I think I've heard of it, but, like, I don't know the details. I just know that it is a movie that exists with that title. So, our central character... First of all, this movie's in German, but I watched it dub because... It was after work and I was drinking. I'm not going to read a movie. You're thinking about Dieter again. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched this dubbed over. The kid's dub is god-awful. Maybe it's better in the original language, but just one of the worst dubbings I've ever heard. But doesn't matter. So it's a single mom and her son, and they're traveling somewhere because she needs medical care. Like, she's really struggling. And they get on a plane. They take off. They're doing their thing. And then hijackers take over. 
And she stands up to him and is like, hey, give her a kid alone. They just shoot her in the chest like four times. She's down. And then we get a flashback. And you're like, huh. There's a father in this scenario. What's happening here? Oh, the father's dead. Is that a fucking vampire? And then we cut back to present day. The mother, who is a vampire, must now take out these hostages on this plane. Five stars, dude. It's so good, dude. The fuck? Dude, this really sounds like one of those 80s animes. so good. Because she full-on just vamps out full monster face for the whole rest of the movie. Just eating these terrorists. It's real good, dude. How oh, did yes. I not know about this? What it just fu- dropped like what the this fuck? week, dude. It's so good. Only problem does not need to be two hours, but also, I mean, that's why you watch it dub. Yeah. You just, yeah, yeah you know, good point. It's man, it's real fucking good. Yeah, go ahead and just add that to your queue real quick while we're sitting here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now you guys need to get cozy because I went on a journey this week. Because if you look on Netflix, you might also realize that. The entire Twilight franchise has been added. And I have gone oh, let's on go. a journey this week, my friends. Let's fucking Parker, go. Parker, Parker, before we go on. Absolutely. Tell me these aren't on the list. Uh, the one I'm making for you. Oh, come on. So. <laughs> I, what did I ever do to you? Don't answer that. I've kind of been wanting to watch these forever just because it's, for our age range, just such a colossal cultural event. That I have absolutely yeah, yeah. no attachment to. Because when these came out, I was a fucking loser playing Halo every day. I didn't know anyone who watched Twilight. Like Those things just came and went. I was like, oh, those are those stupid movies with the sparkly vampires. Never paid them any mind. But, you know, we've grown older and wiser and more brain damaged. So I watched all five this week, boys. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> By the end of it, I don't know if it was Stockholm Syndrome... But that last one is so fucking good. Capital G good. But we'll get there. Yeah, I hope so. I need an explanation on that one. So, I mean, the first one, there's nothing I can really say about it that wasn't run into the ground for like 10 straight years by all of the worst people online. Like, yes. You mean me? Everyone's very (laughs) pale, and then the vampires are more pale. The movie's very blue for no reason. That's all fine. What people don't explain is that, like, Robert Pattinson is giving the most unhinged performance the entire movie, where he is constantly giving (laughs) the most horrifying stares at her while she's not looking at him. It's incredibly funny. And also, just got those out there, Kristen Stewart's good in all of them. Sorry, nerds. Like, she's incredibly good. I'm sorry that her playing an awkward teenager like triggered something into your weird brain, but she's very good at playing what I she's mean, supposed to play. Look at her. That's yeah, she's good at playing herself. <laughs> no, know? she's not even acting. It's like that's that's what the character is. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you got upset that they did vampires dirty or something, but like she yeah, absolutely that, I, crushes one of my it. key takeaway. My key takeaway from, like, the first movie, when the books were coming out, is someone said, real vampires aren't sparkling, and my retort was always, real vampires don't exist. Exactly. It is kind of weird, like, I knew, obviously, like, okay, they sparkle, they can be out in the daytime. I didn't realize that, like, there's no sharp teeth, there's no, like, not having a reflection thing, like, there is not a single bit of vampire lore, they just, like, I don't know, they're immortal. (laughs) That's all we've got for you. 
Which, like, I don't care. You make them whatever they want. But also, it's weird to take away every single thing that makes them a vampire. You're just like, I'll just give them this one thing, I guess. It's a lot well, of subtracting. Meyer wrote <laughs> Sorry, when Stephanie Meyer wrote it, it was originally intended to be more like female jack-off material than any sort of actual fantasy novel. But, you know, as I get older, and just, like, watching this story unfold, it's like, I get the melodrama, because that's what being a teenager is. You get a crush on someone, you're like... If I don't marry this person, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run away from the shithole town I live in. I hate my stupid dad. I want this dude to fucking plow me right here in science class more than I want to be alive. I'm like, yeah, that's, so being a teenager is man, it's fine. It's not a big deal. The problem is, uh, the villains are bad, and also they show up seventy minutes into the movie. Which is <laughs> not a great call. Um, the wire work is just chef's kiss. <laughs> like, yeah. the climax to this movie like would be serviceable for a random episode in a 30-episode long season of a CW show. Not necessarily oh, no. for here. It is... It's not great. But, uh... I don't know, man. Like, the way they just casually drop, like, oh, yeah, by the way, Edward could just read minds. You're like, fucking, okay, sure, man, whatever. Keep throwing rules at me. <laughs> Tell yeah. me more about his family, which is just his dad who just adopts couples. Like, he only turns people, like, that are boyfriend and girlfriend, and then they're just a whole family in the school. is like, oh, yeah, those are the Colons, all the weird sister-brother husband-wives. <laughs> like, they're all just 18 years so old. So would you say his dad only kills the bad guys? <laughs> I I ruined an evening with that. Don't worry about it, but we'll get there. (laughs) 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 So, uh, I mean, I don't have much to say about the first one, because it could not find a movie more beaten to death. Like, I knew all the takes before I even turned it on. I've never read a page of these books, never seen a second of the movies, but, like, I knew all the beats because I'm terminally online. Now we get to New Moon, the first sequel. Yes. I did not realize how... Like, I knew these movies made a lot of money. I did not realize that this movie, on midnight... Like, not the fucking, oh, Thursday at 7 p.m. we can start showing the movie. No, Thursday night at midnight on the dot. That had a $26 million opening. That is fucking obscene. I did not realize... Uh, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Can, real quick, do you remember what year New Moon came out? Because I may have been working at the theater for that midnight show. I do not, because these were coming that. out like year after year after year. I can Google I'm it. pretty sure I was working for that one, and dude, it was... I would argue a busier night for us than the Harry Potter uh, part, Deathly Hallows part yeah. one. Like the, It was a huge... Like New Moon broke like every single record that existed until the last Harry Potter came out. Like I, right. like I said, like I knew they were big, but these were just so outside of my world, and I was barely even seeing movies. Mm-hmm. I was just going to school and then going home and playing Halo and telling racist 4chan jokes, as we all did. At Man, what time. a life. I miss God, that. I mean, uh, it's beyond <laughs> me. So, so New Moon's important because it introduces the roaming band of shirtless teen wolf boys, which are yep. my best friends, <laughs> and I would do anything yep. for them. <laughs> This is a strange one, because, uh... So this comes after Harry Potter starts rolling, right? And Harry Potter gets the J.K. Rowling thing of, like, look, you get final approval. So Twilight, just because it's so popular, you get the same thing, where it's like, alright, Stephanie Meyer, I guess we've run everything through you. 
And every single one of these movies is just like the most literal from page to screen adaptation. And if this movie's made like pre-Harry Potter, New Moon is 30 minutes into the next movie. Because it's the book where Edward's just like, dang, sorry, I can't be with you. My family might want to eat you. And then he just leaves. So he's not in the movie until like the last 20 <laughs> minutes. And the whole movie is her just like flirting with our good friend Taylor Lautner, the werewolf boy. Yep, my boy. Like, if this isn't a she gets final approval, this is the first act of the Eclipse movie. Like there's no need for this to be two hours. Right. <sighs> Which is even funnier because the first one was such a phenomenon and everyone shows up and was like, uh, he'll be here in like three scenes. <laughs> That's it. That's all you're getting. <laughs> uh, actually, kind of good. Like in the Pantheon, it's probably like my second favorite of the five. They got like a real, a actual director. Like you can see things. It's not all blue. It's not the worst dog shit. Like nostalgia critic level action scenes in every fight. We introduce <laughs> the fucking. The High Council of Italian Vampires, which I did not know was coming, dude. Holy oh, man. Shit, dude. Oh, that's good. I'm so happy that we've never had a conversation about these dude, movies. I'm ready to do a whole month of these movies. Don't even get me started. Uh, yeah, so the entire movie is just her like, I don't know, maybe she'll fuck this werewolf dude. But like, I I know she doesn't, which kind of hurts. But also, like, the weird thing is, like, I'm sure there's tons of people in the world who didn't read the Harry Potter books. They've just kept up with the movies. Because, you know, they weren't kids when they came out, and they've just grown up with them. Is there anyone in the world who's like, oh, I've read the books, I'm just a fan of the Twilight movies? Like, I feel like... Present. <laughs> okay, Literally right anyone here, but us. Like, genuine <laughs> fans. I feel like... I just want to state for the record for all the listeners, I didn't watch any of the movies. Yet... I did read the books. <laughs> so, uh, for for context here, uh, I saw two of them in theaters: the first one and the last Dude, one, I'm... and did not watch the other three in between. Turns out until much you later. didn't miss that much. As it turns out, I every know. one of these movies is two hours, which should be illegal. <laughs> but I like everyone that's in that theater ready to see this movie has read the book four times, and all they want is to see what they read on the screen. And, like, to be fair, they get it. Like, these movies have problems, but that comes from, like, no, you're not changing the script. Not with a gun to your fucking head. So it's like, when we get to it, when you get handed the childbirth scene, you just have to look at it and go, like, how the fuck do we film this? But we'll get there. But we'll get there. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> But before we get there, let's talk about Eclipse, which is two hours of Jacob down bad. Just down real bad the entire movie. All he wants is to oh. fuck Bella. It's all he wants so bad. This movie really sucks ass. Like, it is not good. <laughs> no kidding. Because <laughs> the whole movie is built around this love triangle and like a will they, won't they. But I, I know they won't because everyone in the fucking world knows she's not picking Jacob. Like that's never a question. You never believe it for a second. And that's the entire movie. <laughs> the entire movie is, please God, I am begging you. Please, Edward, fucking bite me. Please kill me. Rip my fucking throat out, make me a vampire, and then fuck me forever. He's like, no, I can't. And that's just the entire movie. And then there's a werewolf fight. And you're like, alright, I guess the movie's over. <laughs> 
But let's get to the goods here. Let's get to Breaking Dawn Part 1 and Part 2. Hey, you know how, like, Deathly Hollows Part 1 is just a lot of people walking around in campfires and you're like, Man, I can't wait for the battle to start and then the movie ends. Well, mm -hmm. comma. <laughs> Breaking Dawn Part 1 is the worst and Part 2 is clearly the best. So, <laughs> Breaking Dawn Part 1 starts with, like, Okay, fine. I'll turn you into a vampire, but after we get married. And then they get married in, like, scene two, and you're like, alright, sick, cool, let's get this over with. And then Jacob, like, almost gets in a fist fight. Like, he is so mad, he's ready to hit her in the face. He goes, don't tell me you're that fucking stupid. You're not gonna let this vampire dude plow you. He's gonna kill you. That's, like... <laughs> The central conflict is like, he's a vampire. He's going to fuck you to death. And she's like, no, it's cool. It's totally fine. And then they go to Brazil, and then he just fucks the shit out of her and destroys the entire room. He bangs her so hard that it destroys all the furniture. And that's played for a gag that all the Brazilian maids are like, oh, Dios mio. Like, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first hour of this movie is them her being like no i'm like we're married now you have you have to just fuck this shit out of me we have to consummate it i don't care that i'm a human and you refuse to turn me for some reason you have to fuck me and then she immediately gets pregnant let me just uh insert the comment here that uh stephanie meyer's a mormon so just go ahead and paper that over all the views on sex of this whole franchise <laughs> I'm not surprised. So she gets knocked up with a vampire baby. And that's the rest of this movie. <laughs> Is her just slowly <laughs> being murdered from the inside. Like a fucking body horror movie. By this vampire fetus inside her that's feeding on her from the inside. <laughs> uh, does this... I, don't, I hope you're not jumping too far when I ask you this question here. Does this have the scene where Jacob imprints upon her fetus? <laughs> oh, that's the end of the movie, my good dude. <laughs> yup. <laughs> he's, oh. he's, like, been the biggest where's my hug guy, like, for three straight movies. She, like, basically dies giving birth to this monster. He looks at it, sees its weird CGI eyes, and is like, oh my god, I imprinted. But we'll get to the fallout from that soon. Because the movie ends with her, like, dying. Like, she's dead on the fucking table. Why didn't they turn her? Don't ask. Doesn't matter. movie ends with him turning her to a vampire. Her eyes open the red. Credits. It's like, man, sure feels like this could have been, like, a first act of another movie. But that's fine, I guess. When you're making $700 million a pop, I guess I understand. So we get to part two. Part two is where they get to have fun, where he's like, cool, from frame one, she's a vampire and could just do dumb vampire shit the whole movie. So this movie opens with watching Bella learn how to hunt for the first time, and she pounces on and kills a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only imagine the CGI it how is. that looks. In five movies, they never find a way to make their CGI running not look hilarious. I just want you to know that. <laughs> they, That's good. Every, this might be in my future now. You convinced me. Every movie does them differently, and every movie does it somehow worse than the last. It's incredibly good. <laughs> now, oh. she gets home. She's like, wow, she was delicious eating that cougar. Hey, Jacob, why are you staring at my baby so weird? And he's like, hey, uh, don't get mad. It's just a wolf thing, all right? And she's like, hold up. What? <laughs> He's like, oh, uh, I mean, it's not like that. It's not like sexual. I'm just going to protect her forever and be with her always and forever. And she just, like, throws him into a tree. Because <laughs> she has super vampire strength now. 
Oh my now, god. Now, we need to talk about the baby. So the baby is a horrible CGI <laughs> nightmare, right? Because of course it is. You're not going to get a real baby. Chris and listeners at home, I want you to know that they tried this originally with an animatronic. And I now urge you to open your phone and Google Twilight Baby. I promise it will be the first result. I'll sit here and sip my drink while you look at it. I need you to know okay. what it looks like. Twilight Baby. I spelled it wrong. Here we go. You got it. Oh my god, it's been so long since I've seen this thing. One of there is no fucking way this is real. So they shot a scene with that and went like, yeah, we're gonna have to go with CGI as it turns out because this isn't gonna fucking work. That is maybe One, the... Oh my god, I just saw the CGI. Yeah, oh god. It's not I'm, much better, oh, but then you realize, no, it's like... Not, I'm going back and forth between... I can't help. Chris, I know you're a man of faith, but it's gotta be pretty challenging right now. It is tough. So this Why? is, like, the first Fuck. 20 minutes of this movie, by the way. It looks like JonBenet Ramsey. <laughs> So the the second half of this Thanks movie becomes me. hey the uh, the Italian vampire high council's real mad about this and they're gonna come try and kill us so we just go to like every <laughs> country sentence. on earth and recruit vampires to help us and every country is just a stereotype of that country the fucking Irish vampires with their fucking potato picking hats are so funny <laughs> it is the most like. If you could be racist towards Irish people, this movie you would can. get canceled. <laughs> it is so they assemble an army. We get some training montages of learning how to be a vampire. Ever, all these vampires have powers. Don't worry about it. And then we get to the final standoff. If I could go back in time and see this movie in a theater like my good friend Alex, <laughs> what I did not know, because like I said, I have no frame of reference for the series is that none of this entire climax is in the book at all. So this franchise has played it totally page for page, word for word, for four and a half straight movies, and then an all-out brawl <laughs> breaks out, and a half of the characters get brutally murdered. It's like a 15-minute action set piece of everyone dying horribly. And then they're like, oh, it's just a vision, that's what could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, it sucks, but also, like, I went to the Wikipedia for the book, and literally, like, they just show up, and they have a conversation, like, oh, actually, it was a misunderstanding. She, We didn't turn a child. She's our child. She'll be okay. And they're like, oh, damn, cool. And they leave. So, literally, they have to go into the writer's room and be like, cool, let's find a dream sequence where, like, the ending of the movie is good. And then they just film a 20-minute vampire werewolf fight. Where everyone gets their head ripped off. Because, by the way, that's how you kill vampires. You rip their heads off and then pull their limbs off. So, hey, you want to see a vampire Dakota Fanning get her head bitten off by her werewolf? Yeah, you do. You sure fucking do, buddy. It is... I'm not going to say no. It is so 
fucking good. One of the dumbest things I've ever seen. One of the funniest credit sequences I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you're starting to remember the 15 minutes where we get a title card for every single major character in all five of the movies. <laughs> Gets their own individual credit block. <laughs> I thought this was going to take me like two or three weeks to like slowly trudge through these. Fucking banked them out like three days. I had a wonderful time. <laughs> these movies are dog shit, but also, man, they're really good. <laughs> Future episodes, one and all. I could talk about each of them for two hours. Unfortunately, I believe you. It's, there's a lot, dude. I didn't even mention that like during the entire battle... The giant fucking high council of Italian vampires comes out dressed like the Black Parade. It's real good. <laughs> They've all got cloaks and the main ones are just dressed like a marching band. It's so good, dude. A plus. You know what? Maybe maybe the kids were right. As it turns out. And that's we it. You should have listened. <laughs> that's, that's all I got, folks. What a powerful week. All right, well, on that cheery note, uh, are we ready to talk about Immortal Kombat? Always. Absolutely. Literally always. Okay. (laughs) Here's the thing about Immortal Kombat. As I said at the beginning of this episode, once you tell me that Rowdy Roddy Piper and Sonny Chiba are in the movie, I don't care about the... Oh, what's it about? It It could be, like, a small town hero dating a girl from the city, like... I'm watching it, okay? I hope Sonny Chiba is a small town boy. So, uh, turns out he's not. He's uh, just a guy with a mustache. Uh, but uh, he, they're not the only ones in this. This also has Meg Foster. And you're like, oh, who's Meg Foster? She was a girl with the weird eyes in They Live. But she was also in Future Kick. And she was in Best of the Best 2. <laughs> so it was in Future Kick. Yeah. she's. Uh, I forgot she, about that. She's essentially a real deal no sex appeal lifer. Oh, she, she's like the, the white Jamie Chung. <laughs> she's going to the Hall so, of Fame with Don the Dragon Wilson. Yeah, she, <laughs> <laughs> she might go on the women's Mount Rushmore. So, uh, anyway... We have this opening fight scene, and uh, hot take, this fight scene would be extremely shitty, but for the incredible sound effects that they have, which really <laughs> remind me of Tekken 2. <laughs> you know, Because it's so slow, it's really staccato, it's just like, ooh, ooh. but like the sound effects, you can sound, when their bones crunch, it sounds like someone eating potato chips. This is exactly what I want. <laughs> I... <laughs> I like that you were able to focus on other things in that scene other than the dude just going, Yee! 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 <laughs> this guy. This fucking guy. Oh, this yeah, we need to maybe... talk about this guy. Do I see reference. <laughs> maybe the greatest villain of all time. Reference to he only might has be up there. Malibu from American Gladiators, which seems <laughs> like a problem. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He is, uh,. We've talked about, like, levels of guy in movies. <laughs> this guy is, like, five guys within one, all right? That is... I He looks like the guy from Wayne's World who is just like, do I scare you? He no. does. Would you like me to? <laughs> if you go on, like, his IMDb, every single movie he's in, the poster looks like clip art. It's so good. <laughs> okay. He's not the main bad guy, but he's, like, a... Animal-human-immortal hybrid. 
guy do, who uh, fights for the main bad guy, who is Meg Foster. So even do, do we better. Wanna, do we want to reveal his uh, <laughs> what his character is at this point, or you want to hold that? I think we can and should because a the movie is called Immortal Combat, and b he kind of says after he kills that one Asian dude with the big pecs, he's just like. Ah! Get a taste of what it feels like to be immortal! <laughs> you know, so, I thought that was just going to be a clever title. Imagine my surprise when we get the lore yeah, dump later. <laughs> I, I think we so, can basically say it. Go ahead, Alex. So, I, as astute listeners may realize, this is basically the plot of American Ninja 2. <laughs> and for the better, the difference here is that this guy is not just immortal, he's also a serial killer. <laughs> When we say this guy, he has hair down to his ass. He right? looks like Chris Pontius. <laughs> this guy, his like his biggest role is in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, aka the good one, as Motaro, which, which was... I know as the worst performance in one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> he is. I don't even remember that guy. Awful. He's like the weird centaur dude. He is real I, bad. Oh, he's. he's barely in that movie. Anyway. He stands out. He's fucking... <laughs> he does. His serial killer name is The Signature Killer. <laughs> Isn't that all of them? <laughs> like, how are you just... Yeah, yes, this, I am the serial killer known as The Signature Killer. Because I have a signature. <laughs> Thank you. He, he's like Thank the you, Gilder, He's the Gilderoy Lockhart of serial killers, okay? That's cool. <laughs> Something that Parker can understand. So, anyway, uh, one thing I like about Rowdy Roddy Piper is just how loud he is. And it's just like, oh, you know, volume is like, no, there's like different like layers of his voice that come out. And it's like, ordinary people are not on It's like, it's like people say that you can only think with 1% of your brain. Uh, Roddy Piper has unlocked the other 99% of your voice that you don't normally use. <laughs> uh, also, I think, Alex, you sold this movie to us as Roddy Piper gets to be funny again. Yeah. And uh, that's that's a nice change. Uh, he is hysterical in this movie. I fucking love him. I had such a good time. Uh, it's kind of... Grat- so he's like a cop, right? And his friend, JJ... Played by Sonny Chiba. It'll be goddamn if you get Roddy Piper to memorize a Japanese name. (laughs) Right, yeah. She's going to call him JJ the whole time. They're cops, and uh, it's... uh, The the opening scene is, like, sort of told in flashback. And it's like, oh, so, like, here's the thing. It's like, about the sword, he was just hitting him with a flat side of it. And, uh... I don't know why I was talking like, Rodney Dangerfield for uh, (laughs) Roddy Piper's voice. Close enough, man. Two different rods. Anyway, he was like, yeah, no respect. Hitting him with a sword. He has a mustache and everything. I was feeling a little insecure. So he didn't want to turn over the information, so I started beating his face. He just starts beating the guy's face. And it's a lot of fun to watch because Roddy Piper is not just good at acting. I would argue he is very good at acting. He's also very good at fighting as acting. It's not just, like, fight scenes. He knows how to make the fight look interesting. And a lot of that comes from, like, professional wrestling. So he knows, like, the right faces to make. And uh, a good uh, analogy for this would be, like, think about, like, Jackie Chan knows the faces to make during a fight scene and how it's supposed to look. You don't just make the effort face, all right? You know, you you make, like, the, ooh, that really hurt face. And, you know, 
he does a good job of that. Anyway, what I kind of like about the scene is, for the most part, there are, like, no guns, so they actually have to fight each other hand-to-hand, and I really like that. Get to see the CQC. And as soon as I said out loud, it's like, I'm kind of like that there's no guns here. I reach over to my phone, open up Evernote. I'm about to type it in. Some guy pulls out a submachine gun and starts shooting everybody. <laughs> so, this movie heard me. I don't respect that. And uh, points taken away for listening. I, uh, I, I really like how, like you said, this, this scene's being told in flashback, and there's just another guy that's there in like yeah the, the i don't movie, know who that yeah he's never seen again throughout yeah the rest he's of this movie. just gone he's i just... don't know what his deal was <laughs> i may and, have missed uh, something so like they're 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 telling this like flashback story of how they go to this like party to chase down a bad guy or something i don't even remember who they're after or what but i do remember that the fighting starts very soon because they're very clearly cops and you can tell because their clothes are enormous on them <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, within, like, three minutes of them getting to this party, fucking <laughs> Roddy Piper's getting spin-kicked by some dude who looks just like Dr. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm just like, That's I have right, no idea yeah. how we got here. But, like, this dude is just like, like, they're just like, hey, are you here to be in our fighting tournament that we're about to have in, like, the backyard? And he's like, well, yes, of course I am. And this dude just starts fucking spin-kicking him. It's incredible. <laughs> and every single time he yells, it's just like, every single time a foot connects with his face (laughs) (laughs) it kind of sounds like what i imagine steve-o would do (laughs) anytime steve-o's ever has to do anything it's like hi my name is steve-o this gets been kicked in the face (laughs) (laughs) just let it be known if i ever become rich the first thing i'm doing is just getting a private mansion on an island and hosting a fight to the death tournament yeah yeah of course like who would do it without question yeah, that Trump is probably holding those at Mar-a-Lago right now, and shit. Okay, tell you what, get your little friend from Canada going. I'm going as well. Okay, <laughs> so when I called you little, that was trash talk. I'm wrapping <laughs> up the fight. So here's the thing: this is all told in flashback, and it's all told to the stereotypical police chief who has like the cigar. He's oh, I want your guns and your badges, and uh, yeah, this is out of your jurisdiction. To which uh, Roddy Piper responds. There is no jurisdiction when it comes to a killer, Captain. That's not true. That's, uh, it's actually not the way it works. Uh, <laughs> oh, I guess you probably had to study for this. Yeah. You didn't miss uh, that one on the test, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was actually, uh, there. Uh, I did minor in criminal justice. Couldn't think of anything else to do. So, uh, yeah, that... By the way, there's something else that's going on this whole time. As he's telling this flashback, you may notice a distinct lack of Sonny Chiba. Well, every once in a while, the movie will interrupt itself to, sh- to show Sonny Chiba practicing with a kendo sword alone in a room. And that's not a criticism of the movie. That's a point in its favor, okay? If, if I had more movies like that... Like, at the millionaire house... Like- Roddy Piper's getting in all these fights on the front yard with these giant monster men. And then we cut inside and Sony Chiba just finds a sword on the wall and starts attacking people. <laughs> I wish my partner back uh, when I was on The Force would have been a samurai. <laughs> I had you and your partner dress incognito by dressing like Ace Ventura on the way to that party. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as opposed to the Turtle Club guy. Anyway, <laughs> so Sonny Chiba also has a family. When I say family, I mean one person. This one person is his white daughter. Now, you may be yeah. thinking to yourself, what, Chris, I misheard you. No, no, no. 
this white girl comes up and she's living in the same house as Sonny Chiba. <laughs> I'm like, what's what's the deal here? It was like, is he just like a boarder? Is he like renting? What's going on? Is he a tenant? And she's like, hey, dad. And I'm like, and I actually yelled at my TV, what? <laughs> <laughs> Now, Alex, uh, could you reveal to me how this uh, came about? How he came to be her father? Why he no longer wields a gun and why uh, yes, he uses a sword instead? Well, you see, once upon a time, he was in pursuit of a bad guy, and the bad guy, I guess, had this girl's mother hostage or something, and so Sunny Chiba tried to shoot the bad guy and missed. So the reason that her mother is dead and she has to live with him is because he murdered her. <laughs> and know, she gets a murder somebody, you just get to take their kid and like live with them. I didn't tell you the whole story. I shot her in the fucking face. <laughs> Two seconds <laughs> later to the next scene, she's like, Daddy, I found your gun. Come back safe. It's in this wooden box. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those, like, snub-nosed pistols that they use in, like, the 1840s. <laughs> I so you can carry it in, like, your bunny slippers. <laughs> there was that Simpsons scene where, like, everyone, they're on, like, a riverboat or something, everyone's pulling out their, like, snub-nosed pistols. One guy pulls out, like, a full-size magnum, and, like, the the like the, the, the barrel drops away, so it becomes a snub-nose. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I saw it. That little wooden box. It has, like, the whalebone, like, handle, like the hairbrush that they use in that uh, ice skating movie. Like, folks, we're gonna do our best, but Blades this is cut together like a fucking episode of Power Rangers. There are three yeah, it really entire, is. like, at this house party, all this shit's going on, and then our immortal serial killer attacks a woman, and then he's gone for 20 minutes, and then he just walks outside, and he, and he goes, Ah! Yeah! And then just gets fucking shot 20 times, and then gets back up, and then he's out of the movie for another hour. <laughs> By what we're way, saying is this is the most real deal to a second spiel movie we've had in a while. This movie has like four Japanese actors speaking in broken English. He is the only one that's overdubbed. The American guy from American <laughs> Gladiators. Who they were like, no, we cannot put this out straight to VHS. So uh, he's just this giant hulking dude with hair like Edge and Christian in the 90s. And it's just... I was oh, about to say, is it which yeah! one was it? <laughs> the entire movie. It's ridiculous. Although, uh, according to the IMDb trivia, uh, Chris Jericho is in this movie in a blink and you miss it sort of cameo. He's there for all of a second and a half before Roddy Piper kicks him in the face. Yeah, well, you know, the same thing happened to Jackie Chan in Enter the Dragon. <laughs> Look at so, him. So, uh... Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just forgot to mention, in that cold open, when he murders that Japanese dude, he goes, Ah, oh, you're gonna meet Buddha! Yeah! And then breaks his neck. <laughs> it felt oh, more to they... circle back to that. Now we know Now we know who overdubbed him. It was Howard Dean this whole time. <laughs> he never does that again, either. That was just a choice they made on the day, I guess. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, fucking uh, Roddy Piper walks out of the captain's office and says, I'm going on vacation to solve a crime. <laughs> and he goes on a southern, like, swamp boat cruise. So next week's episode, Jungle Cruise. No. And uh, he, he meets our good friend Debo, who's wearing a little purple bucket hat. <laughs> <laughs> like I was looking at him, and I was just like, are you? That's Debo. What's Debo doing here? I check the credits. Yeah, there it is. Tiny Lister. You know how good this Fucking movie Debo's is. Debo's just. 
If this were any other movie, you would have sold us on. Yeah, and then they get to the Millionaire Island, and then Devo fights a giant Asian man. You didn't even mention any of that. That was all a surprise. You right. Did, we were already in. Yeah. 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 That's how good this is. You didn't have to mention it. Then he comes out and Zubaz in the tightest little tank top and kicks the uh, shit out speaking, of Speaking of right now, rocking some myself. So anyway, uh, they're on the Jungle Cruise and Roddy Piper gets to do one of my favorite things, which is pretend he's someone's husband. <laughs> he does that uh, bit how many times in this fucking movie? Uh, how many times in all his movies? Doesn't he do something kind of similar in They Live? I'm pretty sure he does it with different women in Frogtown. So, uh, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that while he was a wrestler. So uh, he does that so many fucking times. It's so funny. And here's the best part: he's doing different voices every single time. When he does it later on in the jungle, he's doing that weird just, like southern gentleman sort of voice. He's doing the Woody Harrelson thing. It's so fucking. I good. know. It's, I fucking love it. So he's just like, "I what'd you do? Die to my wife." And the guy's like. Okay, I didn't know. Why are you doing that? Why does why why does your voice sound like that? I'm going to leave. I'll, I'll just jump right over right now. You don't even have to throw me. And so the girl's like, thank you. <laughs> and she walks away, cause, and she's going to do that for the rest of the thing. So they check into a hotel, and uh, the concierge is checking out Roddy Piper's cleavage. All been there. Same. And, uh, uh-oh, misunderstanding. He's got the same room as a different woman with a similar-sounding name. What kind of trouble will Babs and Buster get into on their next episode? Well, anyway, he leaves after eating her dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Really good bit. (laughs) Yeah. And and before putting on his shirt, also, this is like a weird thing to say, but no one eats funnier than Roddy Piper because he refuses, obstinately refuses to use a knife and fork. Just grab... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't order all this, but oh, an entire lime. <laughs> he is literally making a meal out of that scene, and I love him for it. <laughs> and he leaves before putting on his shirt. So he's just wandering the halls of this hotel shirtless, which, again, old men there. So uh, he's wandering. I, we should talk about this wound. Uh, his name is Keller. Her name is Keeler. You can understand. I mean, someone might get con- you know, confused. So he's wandering around at night and is like, hmm, I think I should go over there. And uh, <laughs> he sees a fence with barbed wire. And I, it's a small scene, but it made me laugh really, really hard. He decides to climb over the fence with barbed wire. You've seen in like any other action movie. This would be like a guy who climbs up top and jumps over the barbed wire somehow. In this one, he's a little too big to do that, so he just swings his legs over and just crushes his balls on the barbed wire. <laughs> and he's just like, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, okay, there. Ah, oh, 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 okay, there we're good, we're good. So <laughs> many. <laughs> So many testicle-related bits of violence in this movie. And There's a lot of testicle destruction. <laughs> this is the sort of movie that Peggy Hill would have got paid for. So uh, he finds... Uh, what does his wandering eye find when he goes out there? How do I describe this? It's an underground swamp Mortal Kombat slash Enter the Dragon sort of fighting tournament that Debo's a part of. <laughs> <laughs> Strange bedfellows, am I right, Chris? Yes. So he goes up there, he's like, Oh, hey, Debo, what are you doing here? And uh, Debo says, I don't know, man, let's uh, find out. And uh, the guy's like, You have entered a Mortal Kombat swamp. Roddy Piper's just like, uh, Debo, you got him. Debo's like, What? And he gets kicked in the face by the Asian guy. He's like, Oh, I guess we're fighting now. And he kills him. 
<laughs> Do you remember the story? And then he goes back to his hotel for a good night of sleep. <laughs> Do you remember the story of James Cameron walking up to a whiteboard writing alien and then putting a dollar sign? Do you think Roddy Piper just went yeah. to some fucking pitch meeting about Mortal Kombat and was like, hey guys, check this out. I am <laughs> underlined. <laughs> Yo, that fucking owns. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. Oh, jeez. That's, no, that's a new like podcast. In my like, head canon, he I came am. up with the title of the movie that he didn't write or direct. <laughs> and, and they were just like, we'll, we'll change it to like Resort to Kill when we ship it overseas. Yeah, they don't care. They don't even want Ninja Stars. Yeah, so <laughs> so he's uh, he's going along, and uh, they go out on some sort of like package tour because I guess when you go to a foreign country, you get a hotel. It's like, oh, let's go on the tour with all the other olds. And Keeler is a journalist, and she wanders off the beaten path to take pictures with her camera. What proceeds is the most like I love Lucy sort of segment <laughs> where he's yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. He's just he's she's just like, Oh, I don't wanna give up my camera. It's you know, it's my personal thing and these two guys with like uh, the game over nine thousands are pointing them at her like, You're gonna get this camera lady. And Roddy Piper stumbles into the sea just going like Oh now there's you are Rose Shot, I tell you what, I you all bring it on down here it's like I say, I say, I say winter is coming and she's just like, What are you or what are we doing? It's like, No, you know, you wanna give up that dang old camera now. We don't want to take the camera fight up with some onions and cayenne pepper and the guards are just like, I just gave us a camera. We are sick and tired of this bit. And they're like fighting over the camera and They've got really good chemistry. I uh, I was laughing really hard. It was going great. And then he kills the two guards. <laughs> now, just imagine that every five minutes while we've talked about this, we just cut to Sonny Chiba just, like, swinging a sword at candles. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow this is better than all the scenes is, like, Sub-Zero in the Mortal Kombat movie. I said somehow, so that isn't expected. Also, you know, speaking of the Prowler and how I was like, I don't know how they did the special effects... Uh, and how they look too real. I'm pretty sure that Roddy Piper actually put at least one of those guards to sleep. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> that guy is struggling, and Piper is just like... <laughs> it's like he when he put that uh, like that uh, the talk show host to sleep. <laughs> Maybe Hulk Hogan did that, I don't know. <laughs> Close enough. Same guy. So, uh, anyway, they fight, they fight, they kill each other, and the, the movie ends. So, next week's episode. <laughs> oh my god, dude. The well, we have to know, there's more here. There's more here, because there's a lot of... First the of guy all, shows up again. This Roddy Piper killer. is dead to rights. And the ninja stars come flying from off screen, and Sonny Chiba's is like, Hello, I told my daughter I killed her mom. I'm here to help you. What, <laughs> you're right. I didn't want to see all that. <laughs> You could just use your words, you know? Like, solve a problem, but not faster. Like, alright. More uh, civilized. Hey, lady, this is crazy. Yeah, so, anyways, um. So, ancient Mayans created immortal warriors that could only be killed by decapitating them or lighting them on fire. You're like, yup. Sick. We're at minute 85. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> It fucking owns, because, like, we get this fight scene when Sonny Chiba shows up, which is extremely good, despite the fact that he has been, like, maimed by approximately a million bullets, and, like, that happened, like, five days ago. Like, 
He's back. He's ready to fight. They do the thing. You know, like, uh, I mean, you guys that are listening, I've seen action movies before where they do, like, the camera facing upwards at the guy jumping, like, because he's going to do, like, a cool pose and, like, a cool move. They do that with with Sonny Chiba here, except, like, when they cut back to, like, where the kick lands, just him jumping on someone. I was about to say this. I was about to say this. Because you've seen so many of these martial arts moves, especially, because I think we're thinking of the exact same thing. Yes. Where he jumps up, like, super high in the air. It's, like, super slow motion. And Sonny Chiba's going, I, yeah, oh, front flip, everything, his feet pointing downwards. It's like, oh, he's going to jump on him, cut to normal motion just landing on his testicles. It looks like when the Power Rangers jump into the Megazord except he lands on his dick and balls. And then five minutes later, we just cut to him like by the river and he's just dressed like Bennett from Commando. Like, where the fuck did he find this ninja gear in the middle of Brazil? Oh, it fucking rules, dude. This movie makes no fucking sense. Is this is this before or after we find out that the reason that they have to stop them is because they're selling weapons of mass destruction to Saddam? <laughs> I forgot, <laughs> I I forgot totally about forgot that. Forgot that they okay, have here's... immortal soldiers who can't die, but also they're selling WMDs to Saddam <laughs> Yeah, so they can kill the Kurds. Okay, I'd like to talk about the scene and the probable reason they forgot about it. Because this scene has no lighting. No one turned on Dude, a fucking I couldn't see a for it. fucking thing. <laughs> I was like, there's two women talking here. I was like, one of them is Meg Foster. One of them is the attractive female lead. I don't know who's the good guy anymore. One of them is tied up. At one point, the girl gets away from Meg Foster and... Some Ooh. guy. Yeah, and, the fucking... Uh, is this where, like, that scientist gets brought in? Like, ah, oh, you never thought you'd see this guy again. It's like, I don't know who that like, is, man. I guess not. <laughs> I, I do... Here's one of my all-time favorite scenes. It's like, she she goes up, there's some guy, there's some guard with, like, a gigantic, like, fuck you gun. And she, like, hides in, like, a security booth. She's like, oh, what am I going to do? I got a great idea. She takes off her shoe. I'm like, what? And she puts her shoe in the guy's back, like, freeze, drop your gun, mister. And he kind of laughs, like, that feels like a shoe. It doesn't feel like a gun. So he turns around and she's like, I am sorry. I really need your gun. And she hits him with a shoe <laughs> twice. This is enough for him to drop his gun and also die. So. I mean, <laughs> me that when she escapes the dimly lit fucking Candyman room. Dungeon. That fucking Nostra guy runs like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, we let him get away. We said we hunt him for sport. Alright, goodbye. <laughs> he just leaves the movie. <laughs> he just walks oh, yeah, in to tell right. her, like, oh yeah, we had them dead to rights instead of shooting and we told them we'd chase them. And then he just... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also, it turns out this whole time, Devo was one of the immortal super soldiers, but he disobeyed orders. No, uh, no, it wasn't the whole time. It was after the fight. At the, oh, the, they, they, they... They, they turned yeah. him immortal. Like, they recruited him to the super secret fighting ring because they were like, that guy's got big muscles. We need to turn him immortal so he fights for us. Kind of like that, they did yeah. with the guy at the beginning, who's, like, yeah. one of the heavies throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they did something similar in the Mortal Kombat movie, but I slipped through it. So, yeah, yeah, so, there. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, they got Tony Lister, and he doesn't want to fight because fighting is bad. Anyway, uh, so they, uh, they, when I say they, I mean Sonny, no, sorry, JJ and Roddy Piper are running through the woods. Uh, they don't want to get caught because if they get caught, they'll be killed. And they come across a waterfall, and <laughs> Roddy Piper is just like, oh, this is a great time for the Roddy Piper comedy hour. And he's just like, wait, wait, Sonny Chiba! And Sonny's like, what? We're rolling, don't 
JJ. And he's just like, oh, I can't swim. And Sonny Chiba just doesn't understand anything. So he's just like, what? I, I can't swim, okay? I admit it. I can't swim. Also, I'm afraid of heights. And he's like, okay, you go first. Wait, wait, wait. Hold my hand. It's <laughs> a fucking Shanghai noon bit. Like, what is this? Dude, it, it fucking really owns. <laughs> also, by the way, Parker, that underground lair, which you called the Candyman room, all I could think about is, like, literally every single sci-fi original movie from, like, <laughs> the 90s, you That's know? That's the fucking bunker there, and they're like, oh my god, we have to get the python wood before it takes over all of London. <laughs> they're just in, like, Castle 13 from, like, season 10 of MST. <laughs> Bobo's gonna come out. <laughs> She's hanging out in Romania. <laughs> Love it so it just, it, The whole set just looks like fucking Dracula's gonna come out of there. It's like, I want to suck your cock. Don't talk to me about and, that. Uh, I've had a long <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at the end of this movie, that guy comes back. Yee! <laughs> <laughs> Why does he sound like one of the monkeys from uh, Escaping? <laughs> that dude gets thrown through so many walls, though. It's really good. You oh, can tell yeah. he's enjoying himself, you know? I mean, you would, too, if you were immortal. <laughs> and if I had that hair, holy shit, his hair is longer than the guy in Samurai Cop. It's, it's I really impressive. I didn't know that was possible. Look, the man's got a look. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit you. He it's, is a brick yeah, shit dude. house with the longest, fluffiest hair. Like, I get it. Parker, is that why you're growing out your Absolutely. hair? Absolutely. You're going to be like this guy? <laughs> I'm going to become an immortal serial killer who only murders women for some reason. <laughs> I cannot be stopped in combat. I'm stronger than everyone, but I only pick on women who are by themselves. Oh, yeah. At one point, he, like, tears off a woman's clothes. I'm like, oh, no. Is this going to have a rape scene? But he leaves the woman's bra. On, <laughs> then he so just like, disappears oh, and then reappears to get shot, like, in platoon. <laughs> and then disappears yeah. for another hour. <laughs> He's into it. Must make him, like, feel good or something. It probably does. So, yeah, Sonny Chiba shows up looking like Bet- Bennett from <laughs> Command. He looks like fucking Rob Halford with a samurai sword. <laughs> It's insane. Also, like, oh, the movie shit. just pretends Roddy Piper's dead because he jumped down a waterfall. <laughs> and then he just shows up. It's like, oh, no, actually, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fine. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I could fly. And he shows up in a restaurant waiting for a girl. It's like, God, where is she? And the guy next is like, oh, you're waiting for your girlfriend? No, just a friend. And uh, then you hear, like, heavy metal music. And the lover just walks in in, like, a fucking kimono and sits down and he's like whoa maybe not and he's just in the background here the entire ending fight scene sounds like the American opening the Dragon Ball Z it just sounds like Rock the Dragon for five minutes it's so good dude oh man I was trying so hard to find that ending song but I couldn't find it anywhere so Sonny Chiba just has Excalibur somehow don't worry about it he's just slicing dudes in half while Roddy Piper's getting thrown through walls by the giant American serial killer immortal man I saw her too Alex I didn't I heard it I was like ah I saw her in the background I was just like there are spirits among us Alright, well, the movie's <laughs> over, and uh, God, I hope there's an Immortal Kombat 2 with Robert Zadar.
And that's the tea, sis.